Hey, this is Kristen Yorka, host of the Wild Wonder podcast. I just wanted to jump in real quick and share with you a new opportunity on our Patreon page. Patreon subscribers now get access to the Wild Wonder book club, where we mainly focus on translated literary fiction and books by writers from marginalized communities. Book club members receive a monthly invite to our live coffee, no spoilers meetup, a Wild Wonder podcast tie-in, rituals, and more. To join our book club this month, become a Patreon supporter for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash wild wonder. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the Wild Wonder Podcast, where we seek to democratize and demystify holistic wellness practices by speaking with today's leading practitioners. Today, we have Kathleen, better known as Daughter of Wands. She's an astro-herbalist and describes herself as an astrologer and advocate for misunderstood, poisonous, wayside, and invasive plants. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for having me, Kristen, and happy new moon in Scorpio. Happy new moon. Um, I would love for you to describe what it is you do, because that's a lot that I just said, right? An astro herbalist, and then you're like this advocate for these plants that nobody (laughs) seems to like, so (laughs) please introduce yourself. (laughs) Thank you so much again for having me. Yeah, I am a herbal practitioner who focuses on the on interstitching my own astrology practice with my herbal practice. So what that kind of looks like in terms of what it is that I physically do on an everyday basis is that's working with plants in an astrological setting and sphere, as well as learning astrology through plants. So it's this kind of constant back and forth where I'm kind of like the alchemical mercury of like it kind of going back and forth through me and I'm kind of translating a lot of it. So again, what that practically looks like is doing a lot of flower essence work because I'm someone who works, who's more interested, I shouldn't say more interested, but a lot of my work kind of encompasses more of the psycho-spiritual aspects of plants. And that really easily translates to how we connect to planets and signs and the astrology aspect of it. Now I do, I actually started learning astrology through the lens of medical astrology. So that's a very, I don't know that I've heard medical astrology. Yeah. So medical astrology is just another branch of astrology where, um, kind of where the beginnings of like clinical medicine began as well, Mm -hmm. where, you know, thousands of years ago, people were, practicing magic medicine and astrology literally as one as one offering as one thing and that was like ancient greece and ancient egypt um in the age of alexandria kind of intermingling all of these things so it's kind of from that where it's kind of like what i'm trying like what i'm doing um Mm -hmm. where we kind of focus on the whole the holistic the whole the whole body the whole self where we look at physical symptoms Um, I do do one-on-one consultations with clients where we would actually look at the natal chart and kind of talk about where we're maybe um, emotionally at, where we're maybe even spiritually at, mentally at, and physically at. And we kind of look at where what the planets are kind of storytelling and -hmm. what we're kind of moving through as larger and smaller cycles. And then kind of mixing that in with deep listening, of course, as we do in Mm -hmm. consultation work. And... um, kind of matchmaking a plant to help that facilitate that process of growth and understanding for that individual. Mm-hmm. And I think that plants are really great allies and ambassadors for what's going on up above, you know, as they say, up, up, as above, so below. So they have, a, plants really do have a lot of influence on planetary um, movement and Uh, It's just so fascinating. And the way that that goes through with medical astrology is if you've seen, you know, um, Aries rules the head and and um, Pisces rules the feet. You know, there's so much with medical astrology that we can definitely get into. And it's something that I'm always fascinated by. But really, it's the influence of the heavenly spheres Mm -hmm. and the constellations on um, on and through and with our body. And so with certain transits, we might notice uh, 
like seeing medical astrology in action, we might notice, for example, um, you know, it's a full moon in Scorpio. Um, to, well, today it's a new moon in Scorpio, right. so it's a it's a sun and moon um, conjunction, mm-hmm. and this one just so happens to be opposite Uranus. And <laughs> so we would see what where those sign where they're sitting in the signs of mm-hmm. the zodiac. So it's in Scorpio, and we would say, you know, some people if they have a lot of planets in Scorpio, or if, for me, Scorpio sits at an angle in my chart, a pretty important important part mm-hmm. um that's actually my ic so uh you know i we each individually are going to feel that in the body right. if we have it in this certain area so you know scorpio is kind of the urogenital areas of the body it's it's um the reproductive systems it's sweat it's all the things that penetrate you know in and out of the body and sweat is one of those things as an example it's really it's just it's just like we can go down so many different levels of it but um the planets can and may uh you know actually have a relationship and to our physical body we might feel it down here on earth and it really depends on you know how sensitive we might be if we have certain things in our chart that really delineate um, so certain sensitivity or to that planet, for example. So every, obviously, you know, not every single person is going to feel the new moon in Scorpio in a physical way, mm-hmm. whereas someone else might. So, you know, that's um, that's in a nutshell what medical <laughs> astrology is. There's there's probably a better definition that I could give, but. Um, yeah, it's the it's the the relationship with the body and the planets, and that marries so well with the with herbalism, mm-hmm. because we know we know plants have um, a deep medicinal quality for us humans as well. So it's a really um, it's a really natural pairing with astrology and plants, mm-hmm. uh, planets and plants. And I I just love the story um, that I'm able to tell and that I'm honored to tell um, and engage with through being the the weaver of of those two disciplines together. And it's just like for me, it's one of those things as as a as a daughter of Jupiter with a lot of Sagittarius planets, um, mm. for me, I will never like be uninterested or unpassionate or I will never lose interest in it because I can be a lifetime student of it and mm. continually learn more. Um, and I, I won't even fill enough uh, in three lifetimes of like all there is to know about either of these individually. Um, and to me, that's like worth it. That's yeah. like being fast. Oh, I'm sorry. Explore energy. You curse. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, yeah, that, that unending quest, um, mm-hmm. is just amazing to me. So, so yeah, that's kind of what I do. Um, I'm realizing that that's also still pretty vague, but is it, well, um, maybe we can make a practical example. So what it sounds like to me is that you're taking this really like spacey concept of astrology and bringing it back into the body and using plants to do so. These two very material, big things for us that we could touch and feel and experience. Yes, I'm so, making indigestible things digestible right. or intangible <laughs> concepts tangible. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say like I was going through a difficult period in my life where I had this foot infection. I think this Ooh. is a good concept because you mentioned feet and I was like, this would have been the time that I probably would have gone to see you. And there was no way to get rid of it. Doctors had no idea. They're like, we did all there was to do. There's just, you know, this is what you got. And so your body decides it's not there anymore. You have this infection and you just have to deal. Um, at the same time, I'm going through this big, like, stressful, like, life of people, right? Like, all, like, my, I guess, like, tower moment, right? Like, all my life had, like, been swept away and completely changed, right? It's pandemic 2020. I think that happened for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so... I think in a practical way, I could have gone to you and been like, Kathleen, this is what's going on. Like, I have this infection in my foot. I have no idea what, what's happening in my body, and I can't get rid of it. I've tried everything. I am in this stressful moment in my life. And you would then probably bring up the chart, right, and see what's yes. going on. Yeah, totally. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was something going on with Neptune, something going on with Pisces specifically because of the feet thing. And maybe something with Mars because Mars in your chart or with your chart because Mars rules infections and like mm-hmm. hot 
hot infections, right? Mm-hmm. So um, probably something mixed in with that, but I'm, I'm just, you know, we're not going to pull up your right. chart for purposes <laughs> of privacy, but kind of looking at, and there, there's also going to be surprising things, and there's a lot of overlap, which can be when we're first learning um, astrology, when we're first learning plant stuff, and when we're especially first learning medical astrology, there's mm-hmm. a lot of overlap. So it might not be Mars. It could be maybe maybe something else, but mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Mars stuff. So we would kind of look at see where what's happening in the chart, who's the culprit, mm-hmm. and also looking at the chart for where your inherent strengths are or where your inherent um, maybe like patterns of natural imbalance might be. Mm-hmm. As I also like to look at the asteroid Hygieia, which is um, not looked at a lot and because she she's like like all of the asteroids in astrology, very new to to the whole. I don't think I've ever heard of it. Yeah, um, so Hygieia. Um, mm-hmm. goddess of health and hygiene mm-hmm. um, where we get the name hygiene from but uh, she there's a lot of we don't know about them because granite for the 2000 years of like working with these planets we have mm-hmm. a good long long case histories of like what these planets do mm-hmm. for for asteroids they've only really been around at the most for 200 years so there's still a lot that we um have to have to continue to learn with mm-hmm. them but we can begin to pick up on them with transits like and with our own levels of noticing with our mm-hmm. within our own charts what they could possibly lead to and for me I did a lot of I'm still doing a lot of actual case studies with Hygieia before I can really be feel comfortable begin to talk about what she does quote unquote mm-hmm. But for me, what I'm seeing with individual clients is that it's the story of our relationship to health and more specifically what that means, our relationship to like well-being in general. And that includes our, not our physical health, it includes everything beyond that as well. Mm -hmm. So like what we need in an environment to feel well and supported, Mm -hmm. that's Hygieia too. What we need um, in our like, how we need to feel creative that like impacts our health and well-being too. So like Hygieia is kind of like what we need as a whole to feel in balance mm-hmm. um, and well. So I like to look at Hygieia in the chart when we're really unsure of what that kind of looks like and how to how to anchor the the quote unquote remedy or the balance to what mm-hmm. is going on. So for example, like looking at your Hygieia, I might say, Um, Oh, well, it looks like your Hygieia is in Virgo. So here's a little, and it's also making this aspect to another planet. Mm -hmm. So this is the underlying story that I'm seeing with like the foundational levels of what you need. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's as simple as like, um, like, uh, I mean, Virgo can be digestion and I mean, that's the moon, but it's, it's your small intestines and how Virgo is like how you actually assimilate nutrients into the body it's all those internal things so um you know it can be like how you're actually emotionally processing things right now and it's kind of has the sex style to jupiter and it you need these larger concepts to help anger th- things like right. that like right. so it may be really unexpected ways that can help um support and put you in an environment to mm-hmm. um nurture your your process of growth and your process of healing and being and feeling connected to the self and then of course the act you're doing i'm i'm making a custom essence for you um and then you take that i ship it to you you take that on with and i we actually pick a, a significantly um astrological date for you personally to begin a regimen so we look at your moon cycle um we might do it on your lunar return uh we might do it during a something where you begin your regimen so mm-hmm. that that's like fully supported and then we have a follow-up consultation about a month anywhere from a month to actually six months later because sometimes people really need a lot of time to process mm-hmm. um and then we kind of move forward from there and we might adjust the formula um things like that so there's it's a lot of it has to do with like it's up to you like i can't mm-hmm. take that essence for you your doctor can't take the pill for you <laughs> right. you can't you know it's so we are responsible for our own healing mm-hmm. um, i'm here to facilitate and i'm here to help 
help you like pull back the veil at like other possibilities of how to support you during your own process of Mm -hmm. recuperation. So that's what I kind of, that's what I do. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. It feels like a much more well-rounded and it brings the person into the process by providing these herbs. And like, there is like a protocol to follow. Yeah. Whereas sometimes if maybe you get an astrology or tarot reading or something, okay, you have all this information, then like, how do I move through this? Mm-hmm. Now I, now I kind of have the big picture, but like, how do we go through? Yeah. Yeah. It, it totally, cause I've been there on, on yeah. that other side of it many times, um, fully support as a, as a practitioner to, to be someone who goes to see other practitioners mm-hmm. as well. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely supporting that, like that tangible everydayness of how, how to go about it. I can't like tell you how to do everything. Right. Because then that, you know, I believe in free will (laughs) so an agency. Absolutely. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, but there's also a delicate nuance when we're working with as a practitioner of like when to not overstep, um, and when to not push too hard and when to be delicate with mm-hmm. other people's processes and time and space, because that looks different literally from every single person mm-hmm. who I see. So um, adjusting and holding space for other people's process is sometimes all that I need to do. Sometimes right. people just need to help be shown the wider scope of things mm-hmm. or to be shown the detail of things. It really depends case to case. But I think what's helpful for a lot of people who come to see me is that anchoring of like practical tangibility with a process where mm-hmm. you can, you can actually like put it down, ground it, and then have a place to kind of witness how it's grown as opposed to just, okay, I'm getting this reading and I'm stepping back for months. And then like, it's all in a place that isn't visible. So mm-hmm. I like to kind of make my, and that comes from me making my own process of growth visible too. Sometimes mm-hmm. we need, we need to kind of see it in order to really trust it and trust the process. Right. And like, and to feel to feel good about the fact that you know um, I'm moving forward with something or I'm deepening into something too, because mm-hmm. I think that that's really really important as someone um, who's learned a lot through this process of over the over the couple course of years of doing this work is like um, holding space for yourself and also the reality that shapes that in terms of it's not always just about moving forward, moving forward, leaving the past behind, um, pushing ahead. Like it's very much not about like hustling through your healing. Um, like fuck that. I'm sorry, (laughs) but like, fuck that. Um, I'm very much, I'm very much aware of how important it is to, to not, um, to not tell someone it's going to get, it's going to get better. It's going to be okay to a point where you're dissolving the importance of, of their, of their process and, and their reality and your reality too, because there are times when that is, that is, uh, not applicable and not okay to tell, to tell somebody. Um, so it's, it's helping me, it's helping me shape that I think for myself as a human, not necessarily like as a practitioner, of course, but as someone who is also going through, something um unique to me right now um, mm-hmm. a whole new level of grief and healing for me that um it gives me um it gives me better language for myself and for my practitioners as well absolutely and i want to highlight that idea of holding space for yourself because i think often and i don't think it's just pr- uh, practitioners or intuitives that are better at holding space for others than we are at holding space for ourselves. But I recently had a reading where this um, reader told me, are you sure your efficiency and your constant output isn't a trauma response? And I was like, yeah, like, (laughs) yeah, it probably is. I had that realization this week for myself, actually. So, yeah, but it was a little it was a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, different but it was kind of around the same thing when I was like oh my god I'm 
for me, you know, for me, it's a specific re- trauma response that mm-hmm. is how I've been. It, that's kind of under this level of like needing to be efficient and needing mm-hmm. to be helpful. That's yeah. a very Virgo thing. That's a very sixth house thing. Um, and, you know, I was, I realized I was like, oh my God, it's, it's a response to, um, it's a motivation from urgency that mm-hmm. everything is urgent. Everything's an emergency. And I, I do better when I'm under pressure because of that long-term chronic almost like mm. thing that I didn't realize until literally a few days ago, having this realization um, with the last square Pluto's Mercury, um, yeah, Pluto Mercury square to kind of finalize that. That was a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, same. <laughs> But I think also, I don't think it's just us. I think going back to what you said about considering, having to consider our health and what we think of as healthy and our own self-care. And I think we're all as a collective redefining that. I think the pandemic definitely put like the brakes on like what was happening, this constant need to produce. And we were like, whoa, what do I actually need to be healthy? Exactly. That's definitely something that I've seen across the board with clients, with myself, with people on social media, with people in real life. Um, that's a very collective thing that I think is good. I think it's necessary, um, that we're kind of asking questions and demystifying the process. Well, um, yeah, but we're like deconditioning from, actually kind of capitalistic hustle mentality mm-hmm. um, and productivity and we're realizing we are we are human number one and we are mm-hmm. so much more and we need a spectrum of experiences and we need a spectrum of um, like engagement with ourself on all these different levels to not mm-hmm. suppress um, you know that like to not suppress our creativity to not suppress our um, you know, ability to literally have emotions for, Mm -hmm. for, um, for so many people who are like have negative relationships. And I understand, I understand, um, negative relationships with anger, like, or with, with sadness or fear. Like those are all those types of emotions that, um, get kind of demonized and Mm -hmm. with under understanding because it's, those are those are more challenging, but those are like those emotions aren't good or bad. They're emotions that we need to express right. sometimes. And anger is like super healthy to express. Yes. And so is sadness and mm. so is fear. Mm. Um, so through the pandemic last year and this year, um, I'm so glad that most people aren't saying anymore. I just want to get back to normal. Yeah. Because normal was actually what, what was good about that normal. Um, Mm -hmm. and how, how different of a person are you now? Because we weren't able to go back to normal. What Mm -hmm. did that force you to see? And that, that was definitely difficult for a lot of people. Um, but I also know a lot of those people are much better and feels I'm, I almost want to cry because I'm thinking of one person specifically who, if she didn't go through what she went through last year, she wouldn't be, um, she, I think most people are becoming more authentic because mm-hmm. of it, because there was, because we're kind of forced to kind of take off these clothes and those clothes had these layers of weight with expectations from society. Mm -hmm. And I'm still feeling that myself too, but it's just, um, it's a good thing Mm -hmm. because it's allowing us to kind of be more authentic with every aspect of our realities right now. Right. I think also like the big question for me, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, and I think it it was the same for a lot of people was, who am I if I'm not my work, right? Because so much of my identity was wrapped up in what I did. And if I wasn't doing this thing, then was I even a person, you know? Like, how do I move through the world? Oh, so, like, I relate to that 100%. That was a huge part of my own process. And 
um, I was someone who worked in corporate America for basically right out of college. I was lucky enough to get a job in my fields that I studied mm-hmm. and um, I got my dream job. And as soon, as soon as I got it, I realized that I didn't want this <laughs> and I had to stay there for a couple more. I stayed there for a couple more years and I finally let go of it and started doing daughter of wands full time. Mm. And I still, I re- it wasn't until this year, really this year when working with a very specific plant, um, mm-hmm. it was during Virgo season, but it was, it was, so it was very, pretty recently actually, mm. where I had a lot of these realizations that I was finally able to admit to myself that I was actually still in hustle mode after mm. all these years, even though I wasn't in corporate America and nobody had those expectations of me, I still held on to them internally. And a lot of it was self-pressure, but a lot of it was like, you have to prove to yourself that like you can make it without having a full-time job. And like, and now I'm like, prove what the fuck to who. Exactly. Um, Like I'm, I'm happier that I'm not on the computer for 10 hours a day, every day, Um, you know, all of these things. And uh, it wasn't until working with monkshood or aconite or wolfsbane um, a, a poisonous plant. And, mm. um, yeah, I, I mentioned, we mentioned at the top that I'm a huge, yeah. that I'm an advocate for poisonous wayside and, um, invasive plants. And that's basically all the plants that like people that, like gardeners, um, specifically, I guess, because they're, mm. you know, they're cultivating and, and curating a very specific, you know, and there's a lot of like unwanted things that come in there all the time. Mm and choke things out or grow where you don't want them to grow. And those are the plants that um, are kind of controversial that humans have assigned a negative thing to, but that plant is literally just doing its thing. Like we created that fear. We created that, um, we created that energy around that plant. And um, those are the plants that I choose to work with. And I think, a lot of that has to do with my own experience in childhood um, with with being someone who I guess was like felt like that a lot of, in a lot of my own social situations. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it, a lot of it is like my that's I guess in a way that's my own inner child work when mm-hmm. I work with these plants because it's it's recognizing um, a certain aspect of my own past and a certain aspect of how I felt and it helps me regulate and it helps me visualize, contextualize and release a lot of those um, shadows within myself um, that I guess I still hold on to in some ways of like, you know, being the underdog or not being seen ever for my own gifts or my own talents or, nobody trusting me when I'm saying what I'm seeing or feeling mm. or literally be, being forced to kind of be quiet a lot um, or being told I was too intense or too, too much. And I'm again, like those plants, like bindweed, for example, one of my favorites, um, mm. uh, which is morning glory. Like, um, okay. you know, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to be here. And a lot of those plants actually, um, a lot of invasive plants actually have a, have a purpose Mm-hmm. Um, like mother nature is intelligent and way smarter than us, <laughs> way smart. And there's a lot that we don't know or mm-hmm. understand about these things. So who are we to judge and who are we to say, but uh, for example, a lot of those invasive plants are actually remedial, which mm-hmm. means that mother they're, they, they're coming in for an actual purpose because that ecosystem and that environment is not healthy. Mm-hmm. And so bindweed, for example, um, like like English ivy is a classic one that a lot of people love or hate because it's mm-hmm. so beautiful, but hate it because it takes over trees and it takes over whole ecosystems. But that actually cleans the air um, because there's too much air pollution in that area. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of simplifying it. There's more like mm-hmm. chemical stuff that's happening. Um, irises, which are somewhat invasive, actually. Yellow, yellow irises, which are now known for their ability to clean water. Um, So they grow near, so there's just like Mm -hmm. poison ivy is actually a famous one um, for, for good reason why humans um, keep their distance from it. But that's a classic remedial plant where it's coming in because it's, it's telling humans, no Mm -hmm. humans in this area, no trees. 
balancing because there's been too much human disturbance um, in these in the soil by these like these trees these plants in this area actually need a break so it's it just filled it's, my heart I was like oh it's such a beautiful yeah I actually felt I felt something it. too yeah poison ivy as a flower essence um, so I work a lot with flower essences because they do address the like psycho spiritual mm -hmm. emotional aspects um, when we work with poisonous plants and flower essences the good thing with that is that that's the safest way to work with poisonous plants if you mm -hmm. want to ingest them because they aren't physically touching the water so for example it's way different than teas or extracts or tinctures because the you're actually putting the physical plant and you're infusing it in water mm -hmm. or, or right. oil or something like that so the physical plant you would be ingesting mm -hmm. and with flower essences you can you can put the flower in the water or with a lot of poisonous plants you'll see I do this a lot um, I just put a bowl of water mm -hmm. next to the plant so no part of the plant is actually touching it but the energetic vibration of that plant is being recorded into that water through the alchemical process of like the sun's rays touching the plant and touching the water and it's like this record or you can do it with the moon um it's like this recording process and then you would like take that water dilute it down and ingest it or you can put it on your acupressure points and you can do a lot of stuff with it is there a difference whether you would ingest it or put it on your acupressure points um i notice uh I tend to always ingest it, but that's mm -hmm. just because I, I like that process. It's like, um, yeah, I like that process. But the difference I would say is I've noticed for me um, is if I might, I might be in a very specific situation where um, I might want to just put a, put it uh, maybe on my third eye mm -hmm. um, for, a specific ritual or mm. or actually for sleep okay. if I want to dream with that plant I might do this or ingest it at the same time too um, I actually sometimes I put my flower essences on candles for like spell work sometimes okay. um, just for like additional intention um, but or, or I might do the heart or the 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 wrist points um, for like moments of intense stress mm. to just kind of um, absorb it into the skin that way but most of my work tends to be ingesting and mm. um, yeah so working with po poison ivy to kind of come back to that point with what we just mm. shared about it's extreme boundary medicine obviously mm. and um, working with that as a flower essence can really be helpful for a lot of people who have really difficult time saying no or who need a lot of who need to work on their boundaries and it's a lot of I so what I'll say about this is that a lot of poisonous plants um, in my experience I know with just like we said at the top with astrology with with I recognize that I'm a continual student and I always mm -hmm. will be there's never a limit to like what we can know so I recognize that I still have a lot to learn with a lot of things um, but so far in my experience with poisonous plants specifically is that there's something a little bit deeper with poisonous mm -hmm. and, and I, I love every kind of plant but with right. poisonous plants there's a little bit more of a spectrum and mm -hmm. recognition and acknowledgement of like not just good vibes right mm -hmm. it's like the acknowledgement that sometimes the darker or the deeper or the more challenging side of the spectrum of experience of human experience um, is what we need is the medicine to help us grow or to help us be with ourself in our reality in our sphere and to em actually embrace us and embrace ourself and our process like a hundred times more mm -hmm. sometimes accepting and going into the the deeper layers of the self and the 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 darker parts of ourself is where we actually find communion with the self in mm -hmm. ways that we can't with another plant an, another plant right. like a daisy um I mean I'm sure we actually can with daisies but I think <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah yeah it kind of um, reminds me of you know how a lot of us are 
drawn to these villainous characters and stories or movies and things like that because the good, like, always happy character doesn't have depth for us. We're like, there's something missing there. Whereas yes. the villainous character's like, oh, there's layers there. Like, I could understand more of this character and relate to more aspects of this character. Totally. I love that, actually. Um, <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, there's... I, I, I Surprisingly, that just makes me think of... Um, well, I guess not surprisingly, but the um, the queen and the evil queen and, and Snow White. Um, mm -hmm. I think I watched that recently last year and for the first time since like childhood. And I was like, oh, my God, there's so much more nuance to her. Like I was like, look at that in the background. Look at that symbolism. Look at that. Oh, my God, there's so much more depth with her. And she's such an interesting character watching it with like um, with like someone who works with poisonous plants or mm -hmm. whatever. Um just really interesting but yeah so yeah poison poison ivy great great boundary medicine mm -hmm. um really really helpful and working with um to kind of bring it full circle a little bit with what we were talking about um with the everything that's been happening with who we are just discovering ourselves through the pandemic really mm -hmm. is um for me another plant that was really helpful in the process of witnessing myself um, and like allowed me to actually say out loud a lot of the things that I had been struggling with um, over the course of this year more specifically was monkshood in the fact that um, it helped me it helped me realize a lot of things that um, like the 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 hustle of like oh my god you're still internalizing those pressures and that it was those expectations to be productive to um, you know you have no identity other than what you put out into the world. Um, mm -hmm. Other than Daughter of Wands, I was resisting a lot of my own, like needing to be Kathleen outside of Daughter of right. Wands in my personal life, um, being so busy with putting output with Daughter of uh, creating creating output, creative content, mm -hmm. um, that I like neglected the fact, uh, like I did barely spent any time with my partner, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's changed a lot this year. And monkshood it was a really beautiful teacher. Uh, Foxglove was too, but daughter, uh, daughter of wands. Um, <laughs> um, monkshood was a beautiful teacher in me realizing over the course of taking it that I kept saying in my head, I just want to be a human. Yeah. Um, I'm not interested in being a girl boss. Like, um, you know, I'm just not interested in that anymore because it feels... It, it doesn't, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm also recognizing a lot of like my own neurodiversity for the first time mm. um, and realizing like the, the methods of like how you're supposed to do these things or how mm. other people do these things and hustle and like have uh, other people's success um, is, isn't a template that fits on me. And I, and that was a big along with other things was a big acknowledgement from monkshood that relieved so much pressure and it was monkshood was just like you just got to fucking let it go yeah. you really have to let it go and we'll you know they were like we'll we'll work on it every day i'm not going to abandon yeah. you and that that's the beautiful thing about poisonous plants i think is that they teach us how to actually be human because they they don't really not that other plants abandon us in the process mm -hmm. really it's that's our projection of like us abandoning ourselves or mm -hmm. are in the process of healing because it's difficult um and i think the poisonous plants really help hold space for the difficulty of and the challenge of acceptance with a lot of things um and they 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 nurture us through that process um of course, Rose does too. Um, I just feel like Monkshood and Foxglove and po Poison Ivy um, are some are some uh, Henbane too are just some plants that I have personally worked with where have kind of kicked me in the ass a little bit. But there there was also because of that it was a huge turning point in my growth, mm -hmm. and it helped me. They helped me see myself more so than working with maybe um, Daisy. Um, but I want to go back to, you said something that 
that hit me too because it's something I've been working through, continue to work through, and it's this idea of being a multifaceted human being with multiple in interests and multiple dimensions and working within a culture that's telling us to be one thing, to be successful, you must do one thing and you have to be this brand or this niche or whatever they call it. And it's yeah. something I've really struggled with over the last year. But And I finally, I'm starting to allow myself, maybe I'm more than just one thing in terms right. of work and outside of work. And maybe I'm actually this multifaceted human with many interests that could do many things. Yeah, I feel that because, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I'm i very similar. And I guess, you know, I'm still figuring that out, like what that's mm -hmm what that looks like for me because that's that's all that I can really speak to um mm -hmm. but I think for me it's really just about because I've done a lot of things over the years um and I you know years ago I used to have a um skincare uh mm -hmm. little side hustle brand and uh you know it was an herbal skincare skincare brand and then once that became work for me once it became something that i didn't enjoy doing anymore then i had to stop year even years before that when i was in college i did um because i went to school for art i would make these things and like sell them on etsy and then once that became work i you know i kind of went mm -hmm. through a lot of these processes of finding myself um through content through like productivity through output Mm -hmm. And um, that's okay. Like I'm a Leo rising. It's like the way that I kind of find myself is by like creation. And like, that's cool. That's fine. Like I'm not, you know, I'm still going to do that. Like I still right. love in, in creating things and it's just the voice and the vehicle and the mode of, of finding that has changed over the course of the years. And I think, um, you know, what that has looked like for me in discovering those things mm -hmm. and then adapting it. Um, to find my voice or how do I go about doing this on like a small business level? Mm -hmm. um, I think from, you know, like finding the niche and all of that stuff, I definitely like have struggled with that a lot because um, I feel like I finally settled into something that feels like it can be a niche, but I'm also like not interested in, in that too. Um, I don't really have an answer, but I, th <laughs> but I, don't I think, think there needs to be one. I think exactly. I think I it's think just about, yeah. exploring it just it's just about like having fun and exploring your passions I think and to not let not let it be a thing that has to be scary or to, for you to be scared out of doing mm -hmm. I think what you're also offering others is an example of how to hold space for yourself even in the unknown because that can be scary to say I'm just gonna do these things that interests me, that may or may not work, that may or not bring money, that may not be long-term, but I'm just going to hold space for myself and do them anyway because they spark something in me that makes me want to do it. That that right there, what you said, um, was a big process for me this year um, because I did kind of step aside from Daughter of I took a little sabbatical, um, mm -hmm. an unannounced sabbatical a little bit when I was um, actually processing my grief for the loss of my father earlier this year and at first when that happened um I didn't allow myself to really process it um mm. I had my peace and everything and um I went right into work mode I went right into survival mode mm. and now I'm looking and I like was teaching still right at that time still seeing clients like the day after or whatever and I was now looking back, I'm like, wow, how the hell did I do that? Um, and it wasn't until the summer hit when it all hit me. And I feel with the process of actually like, oh, okay, now my wave of, now this is actually like forcing me to process all of this. Mm -hmm. And through that process, I, I, I really couldn't do any of my work. Um, I really had to, to be in it and through that like you said like sometimes we just need to do stuff over here and mm -hmm. sometimes it's to problem solve to step stepping back and doing something different to problem solve and then coming back to the business or the thing in front of us that felt stagnant or stuck it kind of gives us a fresh perspective and fresh mm -hmm. eyes and we kind of are easily able to kind of switch it up or to 
move forward with it. And if for me, that was helpful with the grief and it it was a several month process and Mm -hmm. it needed to be, and it's never going to go away. And and that's, and that's good. And that's fine. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's grief. Right. And I'm not trying to change that. And, um, I also realized with Mungsa again that, um, okay, I'm, I'm moving through my grief. Great. And I needed to actually just draw. I needed to just do other things. I couldn't really be in working with astrology and these big concepts that really took me out of myself. Um, the plants were helpful for me because they helped ground me and be in my body and they helped me see my grief. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of plants are really helpful for that. And that's, I was working with Foxglove a lot at that time to Foxglove is really helpful for those, um, with a broken heart. Mm. At the time I didn't realize I had one Mm. and Foxglove allowed me to just open up just a little bit and draw again, get excited about things again. I was like, Oh yes, I'm fucking drawing again. And I was like creating art, you know, and it, it really helps me process. That's for me so that I always go glove, back to that. You're saying the Fox Glove helped you realize you had a broken heart so that it would begin to open again because that's essentially what we're talking about, right? When our heart is broken. But sometimes I, I just recently experienced a broken heart or realized I had one. And it felt like when I finally acknowledged it, then I took away that barrier in front of it. And then I was able to like fully experience life because otherwise you're just holding a wall in front of this gash in your chest exactly yeah what i what i noticed what i experienced with foxglove for that was that um it was almost like i was standing in this um blown out like nuclear dump of a city Mm. that used to be there and that was like what my heart was like and Mm. the atmosphere like the the bubble of the atmosphere of the air around it or the ozone i guess i'll say um Mm. opened up just a tiny bit like this and foxglove was like water pouring in for the first time to like to water the ground that i was standing on and for grass to grow again so foxglove was the first thing to help me nourish with that water to like you said it's 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 broken the heart is broken um, but there's still a barrier so that we don't continue to hurt mm-hmm. ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And Foxglove was like, okay, that's still there. That's cool. But, like, I'm just going to help you a little bit mm-hmm. to come back to nourish yourself and to find yourself. And it really was a big turning point for me in, like, doing a lot of deep for me because it also works on the heart energetically. And it's very this, like, very sprightly fey oriented plant where it really was a lot of um sometimes you know in in we when we think about the heart chakra we we don't often talk about or think about the back of the heart chakra or what's sitting at the bottom of the heart you know and it's kind of like foxglove which is another poisonous plant by the way Mm. um actually i feel like what it was doing was kind of like squeezing out and releasing and acknowledging at the same time all of those shadows and undigested like back of the heart or or um like inner child shadow Mm -hmm. aspects because i was doing a lot i was super creative during that time and it also it made i also was noticing that i was like having a lot more fun laughing a lot and Mm -hmm. um be like feeling childlike for the first time in a long time and it helped me um break up a lot of the over serious bearing that wasn't my own that wasn't that was conditioning um of like that it's not like you know grow up so it allowed it was it was fox was like fuck that i'm gonna like I need to experience this part of the spectrum Mm -hmm. too. Um, So it was really, really helpful for that. And for the broken heart aspect, um, yeah, it helped bring back nourishment to the foundation, foundational levels of that. It was really, really helpful, big turning point. Um, So, yeah. I love that because so (laughs) many of us, especially over the last year, we're dealing with grief, like actual grief and death of loved ones. But we're also grieving the death of our past life, the death of our identities. I think that's where I was. That's where I was going with that. Right? Yeah. I so we're moving to... into, and we're also moving into a space that kind of 
astrologically that pertains to death, right? We're in Scorpio season. We're moving into the eclipses. So I think a lot of us may have some unrecognized grief. Oh, absolutely. And that's what I will just really quickly share that through that process of working with with Foxglove, with, with mending the broken heart or accepting mm-hmm. and um, knowing that the, the heart can still have grass in that like um, burnt out area um, that it, that, you know, grass grows back, mm-hmm. you know, your heart can too. Um, and that uh, with that process of grief with my father over the course of time, I mentioned monkshood already. I took monkshood after foxglove and it wasn't until monkshood that I recognized the hustle mentality but the larger picture of that was I wasn't just grieving my father. I was actually grieving a loss of myself and a big part of my identity because of a healing crisis that I'm going through right now with um, discovering that I have an autoimmune disorder and I physically can't do, physically can't do what I was mm-hmm. able to do up until now, like my whole life. I can't physically output as much stuff as I used to be able to do. I have to drastically put a huge break Mm. on how fast I was moving. And because of that, um, that that's part of the grieving process for me. And, um, I, it's a big, it's a big, um, permission slip. Absolutely. To like slow down. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'll take it. Um, but I also, because of that and the body's much slower in processing, things than the mind is, or even sometimes the emotions. And so I feel like what was also, ha- this is like just a huge thing that I went through this summer. And I, I still am that, um, the physical stuff, the, the loss of self, the loss of my father was also mixed in with this, um, with this level of like recognizing that my body, um, that I have been operating mentally in, um, that hustle mentality, mm-hmm for 10 plus years and my body is now finally beginning to recuperate from being burnt out for 10 plus years. And, um, that adds to that like level of like, I, I can't do anything mm-hmm. and I feel guilty about it, yeah. you know? So it's like all these really complicated feelings. And, um, I think Foxglove monkshood, um, were the two ones this late summer, um, to really help, help me actually get help and work through it and, um, acknowledge that. And it's just this huge weight off my shoulders and those are two poisonous plants. And those I, monkshood is nothing is no joke. Mm -hmm. Um, it is the queen of poisons. Um, that's the, the moniker for it. Um, so I do recommend monkshood flower essence for people. If, if what you're hearing, listening to this resonates, um, monkshood is no joke, but mm-hmm. I highly recommend it to people going through, going through all of this right now. Um, like I said, it's, if you're someone who's never worked with poisonous plants, Mm-hmm. Um, it might be, it might not be the, the best like introduction to poisonous plants because it definitely is, it will literally say, you know, it will show you these things. Mm-hmm. Um, In but what kind way? Of, like, would it be just very intense? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, everybody's going to be different because it's flower essences. And I think for me, um, how I noticed it on an everyday level, um, if you, you'll notice it in your dreams, you might really have really intense dreams. Um, And they do say that when we have nightmares or um, even violent dreams, that that is the the psyche actually like that's actually your body or your psyche showing you that you are breaking patterns, like mental patterns and things like that. That's apparently what they say. And I. Oh, well, then that's great because I have horrible dreams all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's um, supposedly that's like part of that that symbolism. Um, but we, you kind of have to like, kind of match that with like, do you feel that in your waking life? Like how, you know, and kind of noticing the subtle changes that you've made. And I think with the flower essences and with monkshood specifically, how it's shown me those things is through dreams. Um, as well as, uh, like very obvious dreams where, you know, it's kind of like, you're doing this very obvious thing. You're like, Oh, when you wake up, like, Oh, 
oh, I changed, I actually did change something. Oh, that's the plant actually telling me this like very intense thing. Um, I do a lot of channeling with plants too. So in my journeys or in my meditations, I will get the plant like very specifically showing me something. Of course, that would be different for everybody. Um, and for the, the obvious like day to day, how am I like proving this in real time? Um, it was for me, it was the, the mental, the, those mental things that I was actually noticing what I was saying to myself, like, I just want to be human. You are actually depressed. That's great. Let's work. Like, let's look at that. Um, you know, all of those things where if I wasn't working with monkshood, I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have had the capacity, um, or the space to kind of bend that light and shift to that, um, spectrum to acknowledge what I didn't consciously want to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean with, with poisonous plants and maybe monkshood specifically. If, if you're, you're again, your, your experience will be your own. Um, and it also like is what you make out of it too. Mm -hmm. Um, it also depends on like how often you're taking the essence, you know, I was taking it several times a day for a month. Um, so you're, you'll notice things quicker if you take it more. It's just one mm -hmm. of those things. But for me, it was definitely an like a very easy acknowledgement of the weight that I was carrying. Um, other people were like, that was really intense for me. Cause I, I take it in a group setting, mm -hmm. um, with, through my flower essence subscription that I offer. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, every, every, uh, zodiac season, we take a new flower essence together. Um, according to the astrological. Yeah, it's a, it's a mix. So it's a, it's definitely according to what kind of feels right for that season, um, mm -hmm. through transits or through like what's happening in the sphere of like Scorpio season, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's mixed in with, with that as an acknowledgement, as well as, um, actually the essence that we take before it. Cause a lot of people stay. Okay. And so it kind of, if that, if the last one was really intense and this season feels really intense that we're moving into, I might actually do something a little bit more gentle or supportive mm -hmm. and integrative to help integrate what okay. we just kind of went through. So it's a, it's a lot of mix with that. Um, so, and also to kind of, kind of make sense with the, mm -hmm. with the, like with Scorpio. So for Scorpio season, we're, we're working with a mushroom, um, to decompose, compost and to, um, to, to fertilize and to like alchemically transform a lot of the stuff that we've been working through in the previous months, um, which is like great for Scorpio season to go deeper into the, fascia mycelia of the self and the, mm -hmm. and the sphere. Um, so we're working with Amanita crenulata, which is, uh, like that, a cousin of that fairy tale mushroom, the fly agaric, um, that red and white. Is that the red one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so pretty. Yeah. So we're working with a, a, a white version of that okay. or a topi, a topi version of that. Um, so it's, it's been really powerful, really powerful dreams, you know, working mm. with a mushroom. Um, <laughs> You know, but yeah, so monkshood to kind of wrap that up with what I was mm. saying, I, re I realized I went on a tangent there is that, um, but it's I think a beautiful tangent, so we could keep listening <laughs> to you. Um, <laughs> so I just think that, like, long story short, for that, um, you know, that's been based on my own experience and those working through it, that one has been, um, really helpful if you feel like you need a kick in the butt and mm -hmm. if, in the best way possible to help cathartically release a lot of stuff. If you're, if you're holding on to a lot of shadow things and you're like, nothing's kind of like, I feel as if monkshood would be really helpful to just say, here it is very clearly. Here's how to like move forward with this. So some people aren't, sometimes we're not always ready to hear things mm -hmm. in a very clear and precise way, but monkshood can hold space for that too. So I'm wondering now that you say that I recently discovered that I'm in my beginning of Uranus opposition. Am I saying that correctly? Mm -hmm. um, which is crazy intense. Oh. Um, <laughs> and, it's, and it feels like and I've heard it from others too that say it's almost over the last year we've all been working through in the physical realm all our biggest fears kind of here they are to deal with. Yeah. Would that be the kind of plant that you would take on during that time or do you think that would be too intense a time for what we're both individually working on and collectively going through 
Yeah, I think it I think it depends on the inv- individual, of course. And I, I would say um, I would say a couple things to that. One, if you're someone who feels like, yeah, all your shit is on the table and it's very clear to you what you need to address, then you might not need something like monkshood. Mm. You but if you have everything on the table and you know what it is, but you don't know how to move forward with it. I might suggest another poisonous plant, a surprising poisonous plant, which is daffodil. Um, Daffodil is a poisonous plant. Um, And daffodil is really helpful to just like, okay, here's everything I need to do. And it gives you the confidence to just get it done Um, Mm -hmm. and to, and to show you that it's, it's actually achievable to move forward with like these big concepts or these even scary concepts it's achievable to move through it on an everyday way. Daffodil was immensely surprising to work with um, in the best way possible, where I just felt like I couldn't not do anything. And I think that's really helpful for people who feel, who have a fear of the unknown, which is most people, mm-hmm. um, because it's a very human thing to feel. Um, Daffodil is really helpful for that if mixed in with like the fear of like, I just don't want to start it because it's scary. It's mixed, mixed in with like, I don't even know how to where to start. (laughs) So, and it's like, it's also a very encouraging, confident building, um, plant too. So daffodil is really good for a lot of those, those things. And it also has a brightness to it where if all of those shadowy aspects that we have on the table, are scary and they're they're dampening and they're darkening to our spirit daffodil will kind of address a lot of those things actually mm-hmm. and kind of go all right you know what it's not gonna like uh do poxic to- toxic posit- toxic <laughs> i know what i said there toxic positivity it's not that type of plant but it's just like i got this mm-hmm. um you know so daffodil might be one that I would uh, that I would suggest or it's kind of like when you said that I was thinking of your example of how even in our darker times we could still find joy Mm -hmm. like just because things are dark and shadowy doesn't mean we have to be like damp and down like there are pockets of joy we could find and rise to absolutely yeah maybe it's that duality oh absolutely I really really love that about that and I think daffodil is a great plant for that um, I would say on the to, an, to continue answering your question, if if you feel as if you're someone who might say, because this is also people that I, that like I could be this way too, where it's mm-hmm. like, I know that something's on the precipice. I get this all the time. Like I know mm-hmm. change is right around the corner, but you're not actually sure what is on the table. Mm-hmm. Like you you're not actually able to definitively say this is what I need to change or mm-hmm. here's something that I need to address. You you know that there's something there, but you don't see it clearly. Then I might say monkshood mm. to help you like just pinpoint your, here's what it is. It's going to help you like um, discern and like break away um, the muckiness and mm-hmm. reveal cl- with clarity what it is that's like important to 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 work on i think daffodil can also do that too daffodil Mm. brings a lot of clarity to things like that but if you're someone who's really generally unsure um then i would say monkshood in this case Mm. yeah i think that that's a great that's a great thing for that too i think and you also mentioned like collectively Mm. um you know to to generally address all of those things Mm. Um, if you find yourself, you're not really like either one of those people. If you're like kind of in between or generally, um, I think walnut flower essence is a great flower essence for all of us in 2021, including last year too. walnut or oak, any type of tree actually is a really good essence to work with because it, it gives us flexibility, specifically Mm. walnut and oak too, um, they're both really good for knowing when to be flexible through moments of transition. And that's like big, yeah, like big cycles of transition where like Uranus opposition, for example, is like not, that's not a day thing. That's like, that's a long-term transit or that's a big term transit. So Walnut also works with those long-term transits. So just like 
being flexible and being flexible is exactly the remedial thing that we need for Uranus specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, you, we know that Uranus brings, and we're having a Uranus opposition to today's new moon too. So thank you, Uranus. Um, <laughs> we, you know, the big, the great lessons about Uranus is that it does bring us unexpected surprises. And for a lot of people that destabil destabilization is really scary. Mm-hmm. Because we're humans and we like our comfort zones, and um, you know, some sometimes those surprises are not fun or not things that we want to be fun <laughs> or that we want to be like a surprise. Um, it's not the kind of surprise where it's like, "Hey, I stopped by and here's a box of chocolates." I mean, right. maybe it is, but um, it's more like, "Here's this letter that you're getting in the mail, and maybe it's something that you didn't realize." You know, it can be it can be anything um, or a conversation you weren't expecting. You know, um, it can be anything with Uranus, and that's like the remedy for that, or the way to lean into and honor Uranus or any type of Uranus transit, whether it's a, a personal one or one like today, um, is to be flexible and to and to you know be adaptable to these situations right. and to know that it's not the end all say all. Mm-hmm. And it's also like everything is temporary. Right. You know, uh, something like Walnut is really good for those long-term transitional periods where you need to be a little bit more flexible, especially if like you're meeting roadblock after roadblock and like things aren't going your way. Um, Walnut and oak are really good to kind of just release a little bit of rigidity through that process. Right. I love that. (laughs) I want to talk forever, but um, I promised (laughs) folks I'd go about an hour. Uh, But I do want um, listeners and people watching on the YouTube channel to be able to find you and maybe join your monthly subscription service and get a reading. So where can they do all that? So you can find all that information on my website, which is daughterofwands.com. Super easy. And my flower essence subscription is um, not just on my Patreon. It's also on my website, too. So if you don't want to sign up for my Patreon, which is totally fine, Mm -hmm. you can also sign up to receive that monthly essence um, in the, in the mail. So basically Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a literal subscription of a physical product that you get Mm -hmm. monthly. And, uh, we have a online, um, discord app where we like a a online community where we talk Mm -hmm. about our experiences throughout the month. And then we have a monthly meditation to connect to that plant at the end of our time together. Um, so it's just a fun, it's a fun thing. I love doing it, um, that you can find on my website, and as well as all my new shop updates of, of herbal products and flower essences, my whole range on my website as well. Mm-hmm. My one-on-one consultations are also on my website too. Very cool. And I love that we had this talk now. It just so happened that I reached out to you because I just loved what you were doing. Um, and a mutual friend um, introduced virtually introduced me to you. Oh. But it's also <laughs> the perfect talk um, because in our Wild Wonder Book Club, we're, we're considering grief and how we move through grief. Mm-hmm. So this could be a good starting point of how do we move. And actually, the book is Learning to Talk to Plants. Oh, Um, amazing. So we're going to start to consider these ideas of not just how we approach grief, how do we move through it, how do we hold space for ourselves, but also how plants play a role in our own healing. Totally. Um, I love that. I think it's magically perfect that we met when we did. <laughs> yay, yay. Thank you so much. And I, that book sounds amazing. Yeah, thank you for being mm-hmm. here. I'm so happy to talk to you. And you're obviously welcome back anytime. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Go <deeper laughs> it was so topic. lovely to talk to you, too. Yeah, thank you. you. Too. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.